I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How'd you say we're back in French, Benji? On est de retour. There we go. It's taken a while, hasn't it? All the contractual discussions are over. Our agents have done an even better job than Cheslin Colby's. And we're back for season two. Welcome back to season two of the French Rugby Podcast with me, Tim Groves, former France hooker, Benjamin Kayser, and ex-Scotland international and adopted Frenchman, Johnny Beattie. They'd call it the uh, the difficult second album, tough second season in music and TV. So how do you feel, guys? Johnny, come on. You're the mate who, you're the guy who battles. You're the guy who literally we owe this to. So you might as well jump on, take a bit of, take a bit of credit. You pulled all the strings. You made sure that we that there was a proper platform to to organize all this, but you put a hell of a lot of hard work into it. So go on, tell us. I'm just delighted to be back, fellas. So it's, it's been four months, like you said, Tim, and I missed you both. And it's really cool that we are back on Rugby Pass for this season, which is nice, big platform, so our reach will go a bit further. But look, just I've been working away, working for Premier Sports, but it's not the same not getting to debrief each weekend without you both. So missed you both and delighted to be back. Different platform, but the same old rodeo and I don't think there'll be any second season syndrome I'm just looking forward to getting stuck in and getting back into it Johnny said it Benji back on Rugby Pass with the home of the top 14 premier sports behind us as well so bigger than ever yeah to, to be fair we're also serving on the fact that surfing on the fact that rugby with, with a crowd is just outstanding yes. and French French rugby is just the pinnacle of all that so I mean to be honest I'm seeing a lot a lot of people ask me either on social media or whatever whoever I bump into they, they can't wait to see a bit of rugby uh, World Cup 2023 is getting more and more exciting um, so I think there's there's also a vibe on it I'm sorry to say it boys it's not only down to us even though we're the best in the world <laughs> I, I'm not gonna I, I wouldn't even question it but this, this, listen, everybody's so delighted. Rugby's back. People are back in the stands. And if there's one championship, if there's one country that is the the, the pinnacle of all that crazy, um, out of this world, passionate and just colorful type of rugby and style and, and, and proud of belonging, it's France. It's top 14. I mean, we've got a shit ton part of my French of stuff to speak about. Controversies, guys thinking about leaving, outstanding performances, some crazy stuff happening in the background already, uh, just because it's the top that we love and we will get into all of that but first we should fill everyone in on what you guys have been up to so do we have to call you master Kaiser now <laughs> <laughs> i wish yes i i wish listen you you you're um, alluding to the fact that i got invited to a graduation of my oxford uh, masters my mba that i'm finishing before i'm uh before finishing four assignments 
So listen, after the, like the second week of this master's, there was a matriculation. Everybody in Sufusk and all that, I thought I graduated that day. That was it. I was done. And then <laughs> I realized did, there were 17 or 18 <laughs> assignments to, to do. Oh, my word. That, that was a, a proper mountain to climb. And so this one was actually quite, quite a surprise. They, they, you, you, you graduate with your college. But because it's the business school, they do something at the end for the last class. They call it end of course ceremony, properly formal, but properly the good side of what England can bring. The, 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 the traditions that we all love. It, it was cool. It was heartfelt. Uh, people are coming from all around the world to study their asses off. There's been some proper some proper roller coasters in there. So it was great to have an excuse to chop 25 pints like we normally do just because it's <laughs> a class day. And my wife came up and I was chuffed that she could be sort of be involved in it because obviously she was a bit she has a big role to play in the support system because I've been basically away from from the house pretty much all the time. And we've got two little ones. So the the class is done. Assignments aren't. If anybody wants to chip in, if I have some PhD geniuses in there, please, I am happy for collaboration. But the, that, that is done in at least more time at home and more time to move on to better and, you know, bigger and better things. Nearly graduated. Now about you, Johnny? Well rested? Well rested, mate. We had a, we had a great break. We got, we got back from France to Scotland for the first time and just caught up with everybody. Nobody even met our number three, our little one, Finn. So it was great for him to get back. We spent, I think, five or six weeks back in Scotland where, strangely, it was actually 25 or 26 degrees. Where in the southwest of France, it was pissing it down with rain. So it was great to get back and see family. Uh, it was wonderful to introduce the little fella to his family that he had never met before. And hopefully, as Benji mentioned, that is potentially the best part of COVID behind us. Crowds are back. Rugby's back. The world seems to be opening back up and things are back to normal but it was a great summer break and now looking forward bigger and better looking forward to this season and a new season of rugby absolutely it's great to be back and as we mentioned premier sports are on board with us this season and as well as being the only place to watch live top 14 in the uk and ireland from each and every round it's also the place to watch every single minute from each game of the new united rugby championship so watch the biggest names with all the games live on premier sports this season just check out premiersports.com to subscribe today from just 12.99 a month on sky virgin and the premier player so a fair amount has changed since we last recorded the podcast. So we'll chat about some of that later on. But there's one thing that hasn't changed, and that's Toulouse. <laughs> they haven't lost a game since we last recorded, have they? No, they're, they're, pretty, they're pretty outstanding. The thing is, you have to remember that during this uh, summer break, France went to Australia with quite a rotated team. And so there was a lot of guys, including the, the, the current sort of world's best rugby player um, that got arrested. And if there's a team like Toulouse who gets absolutely drenched by um, emails, you know, when it's November test just to steal some players, it's them. So they it's, they flipped the coin for one. So basically they had the players that were not meant to be here usually, or at least a lot of them. Um, and, and so they started really, really strong. Uh, I'm on a side note, I'm really happy to see my mate Kimo, Team 99 Williams ripping it up. Um, just some utility back that's got raw talent. And that's also due to his talent, of course, but also to the, the scouting and the recruiting ability of Toulouse. We were like, listen, this guy just takes so and because he didn't have some fantastic seasons with us. And he's always been sort of pushed between 10 and 15 and winger and center and all that. But when they recognize Tyler, they seize it. And in their systems, he's he's ripping it up. So I'm, I'm chuffed for him. And another addition, Johnny, Anthony Geelong. And nothing's really changed. He's just grinding. That guy's an absolute man beast. Um, and I think as well, the nature of the teams they've beaten already, like to ram it down their throat even further, they beat La Rochelle in La Rochelle, the opening game of the season. Massive statement. They hammered Toulon. They won away to Montpellier. Um, they've beaten Clermont away to Beerits, the new boys. 
And their poorest game of the season was against Poe at the weekend, um, where they didn't play well, but sign of any great side, they just keep churning out wins. And Anthony Geelong, again, another shout for the captaincy in the in the Autumn Internationals, just an absolute freak, keeps on grinding, keeps on performing. Benji still has a man crush on him because he is just that good. And like you said, Tim Nana Winham stepped up as well. And they've just been exceptional every single game. Um, so they've just become better and better. And again, they are the team to beat because they are just that good. And I mean, I don't want to bring some statistics into this game because I don't believe in them, but I just I just <laughs> bumped into this one on Twitter. Is this coming from Oxford or Cambridge? Or no, no, this no. From? This is well, nothing to do with that. This is a, a completely selfless uh, or interested plug so that Opta, if they want to sponsor us, you know, just give us a shout. Because basically, Opta Johnny, whatever that means, just says that Toulouse-Antoine Dupont beat 10 defenders this weekend more than any other player in top 14. He's the only scrum master to have beaten them. He's the, he's the only one who's beaten more than 10 defenders in top 15 over the last 10 seasons. And he's done this three times. <laughs> so, I mean, he's just, whenever you think that he's done, then they start an average normal season and he's ripping it up. And he came against Burris, he flipped the game oh. around pretty much on his own. Two plays, one one dummy and go and one one set up a beautiful cross for Kimo Nina Williams. And the rest of the time, he's just, he, he is scary. A couple of weeks ago, he was named top 14 player of the year for last season. About the easiest award you could give, isn't it? Uh, you got to, to be honest. I mean, look, you, you give me a quarter of one of those uh, awards, and I would have been celebrating somewhere. And he's just racking them up, and he seems like he's got the right balance between not arrogance but sort of self confidence. He needs to back himself, right, to test all those things. He has to have a, a big set of nuts, but also a, a huge amount of confidence on him. But on top of that, there's also the risk of you know getting too big headed, getting too interested by the individual rewards, getting too. I don't know, psyched up by Aaron Smith calling him the best player in the world. That's that's a pretty big statement, which in my mind is a bit of a mind game also thinking about the November test and the 8th of September, whatever it is, the opener of the World Cup, 1,000%. Uh, but that's really cleverly done. And, you know, you're trying to play him with him to see, listen, not only is he big, but let's see if he can slip up if he thinks he's too big for his boots. And he's just, he's keeping the tempo, keeping the rhythm. And that's very impressive at such a young age. Well, that's still very much the team to be in European rugby at the moment. And who better to get on the podcast to kick off a brand new season than a man who crops up just about every week when we have other guests on and <laughs> who took his legendary status to a new level at the end of last season, the King of Toulouse, big Joe Tafori <laughs> joins us. How are you, Joe? <laughs> good, good. Thank you. Thanks, team. Uh, good to see you guys. It's been a long time, mate, Johnny. A long, long time, mate. With COVID, we haven't <laughs> seen anyone, so it's not as good as catching you properly in the person, be able to have a beer, but this will do. For this symbolic last time I played with Joe, uh, I was called up with the English Babas, his second club, because he's the only guy that got called up 12 times or something. He's pretty much vice president of the Babas. And when he didn't get called up because because Toulouse, I can't remember what you guys did, but whatever, you you went, you did well in the, in top 14 and you were in Barcelona somewhere, obviously, because you organized a trip. And then somebody flipped on my my my. My, my mate couldn't play because of his passport and Big Joe rocks up. Hey, hey, hey. The guy's been on the piss for 10 days non-stop post-season. I, like, I was so happy to see you. You're still, you're still a champion. Oh, no, actually, I was uh, the bus uh, bring us back to, to rules and bed breaking. Look, can you jump on a plane and you come? <laughs> I was uh, still uh, still tired and fatigued. <laughs> 
you're still fatigued, but you're still best mates with all the bouncers after two nights, mate. You still sort of took us absolutely everywhere. It's an environment, brother, you know. <laughs> we might come on to that trip and some celebrations later, Joe, but just talk us through the start of this season because I know you've only played in one game so far, but six from six, Toulouse still oh. rocking up every week. What did Hugo Moller say in, in pre-season? Because it can be tough to go again, can't it? Yeah, look... Um... Like we always say, we we had a good spirit with the young boys plus us, the old boys. Let's keep keep the two loose going, like the way the two loose from the long time ago. But after the the championship, they let us uh, have uh, six weeks uh, spend with your family, and uh, when we come back to the job, we start seeing all the games. So but the boys been playing well, and uh, not last week I have a red card. I was too excited to play and uh, <laughs> come back. And uh, so yeah, I was like after the hit, I don't know. I stayed with a uh, main down and I said, "Are you okay? Sorry." He said his knee. I said, "Oh, I say sorry to him." You said you talked about the young guys. Talk to me about your man uh, Kimo Tim Nine Williams. Uh, <laughs> first question. First question. How is he? Second question. Did you manage to sign him in Toulouse personally, <laughs> or is that Hugo Mola asking you for your advice? No, um, Toulouse has been looking at Timo like after the World Cup on uh, 2015. Uh, Hugo's been speak to me about Timo. He said, uh, "You think a team want to come to us because he can cover anywhere in the backs?" And then Timo say, "Oh, they had a good uh, relationship with the, some boys in uh, in Clermont, like George Moala and all those uh, all those uh, foreign boys." And then he came here. It's way different. <laughs> they say, "Oh." I can play my rugby, you know, Timo, he played with Timo in, in Clermont. But yeah, he's very happy here. He's a very good player, but he's good for us. When Chesley lived too. Was... Mate, you mentioned right at the start, you talked a little bit about the environment and, and what yeah. everyone's trying to do at Toulouse. But whenever that comes up, inevitably you're at the centre of that. Um, in terms of being part of the culture, how things are are led and done at Toulouse, but also as like a papa of the group, you know, people can come <laughs> to you and speak to you or, or for advice. How do you enjoy that role? Because everybody that we talk about, when we ask yeah. about Toulouse, they say Jota Corey, they say you're the centre <laughs> of it. How do you enjoy that role? Yes, um, you know, like my experience of, uh, you know, like if we're happy on off the field, we'll be happy on the field. we like do something all together. And first, uh, Honeycan Cup, when we come back to play for the Honeycan Cup, it's uh, like we play at two, two o'clock in the afternoon, but... We always have that um, walk early in the morning, like <laughs> well, like a pain. I think pain, no, like a activation or something like that to wake you up. But we still want to sleep, <laughs> and we have our secret. Uh, you know, before the all the honeycomb cup, we have our secret uh, things uh, with the with the team because uh, they came. Uh, pretty much the president was saying, "Oh." How to get up the pressure, Joe? He asked me in the room. Do you know what? We just do a, a one beer all together in the in the team room, and then like relax. And like, oh, are you sure? I said, yeah. We just uh, we just call a president's beer. We just call a, a beer of the president, and the president. Okay, we we try this from that game in Puff. Every um, uh, European Cup uh, game the night before, we had a beer of the president. Before that's our secret, you know. <laughs> <Amazing. laughs> now it's it's like it's good, like for 
get out of pressure of your, you know. You got the secret there. You got the secret. There's no point having Antoine Dupont and Romain Tamak in your team. You just need to let Joe create the view of the president's pre-match ritual. Done. <laughs> if only I knew. If only I thought about it. Fair play to the president to let you do it, to be honest. Fair play to them, you know, to say, that's a good idea, let's try it. That means they trust you, but they're also, they have confidence in the players. It's good. It's a secret day, but you know, <laughs> we do this every day, every in Kasi. <laughs> let's rewind, Joe, to those celebrations at the end of last season, because they were, they were pretty legendary. Yeah. You took a couple of souvenirs from the top 14 in the Champions Cup final. Where are the corner flags now? That's what everyone wants to know. I think Ben, you know where it is. It's in my garage. The secret garage. I spent more time in Joe's garage in Cass than I did on the training field, I think. It was busy. We were there 24-7, mate. But to be fair, whenever you say Joe, never take away your wife, Helen, and your kids and stuff. But it's this yeah. whole family thing. Everybody's always invited. It was like an open house for all. And that's what made it brilliant. You know me, like I said before, like you know, I want to everybody together like uh, we have a barbecue together with a family before the season start we meet with a new wife of the new players you know we like put put bouncy, bouncy castle for the kids to play all together like I think Tim uh, know because uh, when he came uh, I said oh are you guys doing this yeah we, we do this in Toulouse your new your wife we need to know the other boy's wife you know the girlfriends and it's us on the field too if we together off the field, on the field, we we do the, the game all together. As simple as that. <laughs> Did the garage see some action after the top 14 final? <laughs> was the garage the place to be or was it more the beach club? We had a few players on and um, the celebration sounded good. Talk us through them. Oh, the guy at the beach, like, he's a massive fan of Toulouse, you know. Uh, he invited the whole, the, the whole team to come. Uh, it's about... Two hours to drive, and then we just uh, enjoy it and see the break. But from the day one <laughs> after the final, I, I think I, I I finished with the first day. <laughs> was too tired to take all those uh, condo flats. <laughs> ah, it's a good souvenir, you know. <laughs> so, mate, how long did the celebrations actually go on for? So, you've got your corner flags, you're in the bar, you're at beach bars, you're back at your garage. Yeah. But it must have lasted a couple of weeks. How how long did it last, and how much fun did you have together? Oh, yeah, honestly, Johnny, I can't even remember. Uh, <laughs> only, only thing I remember, my wife was saying, "Oh, did you know this is the third day? <laughs> Second, are you gonna the third go, week? You're gonna go again? Because <laughs> um, when we arrive in the, from England, we we have a, a night with the whole family and uh, the, all the people in the club, and then the next morning they invite us in." The, in the beach <laughs> and then the next day we, we do the train uh, thing uh, all in uh, all the bars in it's like a court bar in Toulouse of, I didn't I didn't make it to, <laughs> to that train because <laughs> if I go uh, me and my family's holiday uh, it's not happening we're gonna go uh, bef- before that they we we leave the next day I say oh no that's, that's free, 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 nice is good. <laughs> this is a big shock from everything that everyone has told us, Joe. You're always the last man standing, and you're oh. saying you went home early. So, who was still there? Who was leading the charge? No, uh, uh, I think uh, Charlie, Charlie Van Wiener, Charlie Van Wiener. Uh, yeah, he's been looking after every 
all the boys, uh, you know, he, he dropped me home with uh, him and one of the, my Samoan uh, young boy, he dropped me home. I was, he say I was like, not even staying on the, the restaurant. Next day I say, oh, thank you, Charlie and Money for dropping me home. <laughs> we had Charlie on in the last episode of, of last season and he was talking to us about uh, Yannick Yut. He was saying... Oh, yeah. He was trying to keep up with you and talking about the youngsters, Antoine Dupont, Roman Intermax. How did the younger guys fare in the celebrations? Uh, it's good now. Like Yannick and uh, Mani, all those young boys, you know, it's, it's their future now. You know, it will be bad for me if they look what I do. I want them, I hope they, they're good if they do what I do. But not, not in a drinking way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's for them. Uh, I hope they. Their future's going well, but they are very good players and, uh, you know, a lot of potential with those young fellas. Because my time is getting over soon. You said that five years ago and then you're still <laughs> chucking along and doing things well and keep on going. <laughs> when, how, long, how long do you think you're going to play for? Is this the last one? Are you going to go for one more? What do you think? Yeah, um, uh, I explained for like, it's been hard now for... Cause, uh, the, the Brazilians being asking me and my family, well, what do you what do you do? You want to go back to Samoa or the the pretty much the club, but they they are good to to me and my family. Like they want to stay, or I say to them, I still want, my body is still um, on form. Like to, I want to keep playing, and as soon as the the body say no, it's stop. But I got uh, this is my last season. And Lakua uh, is a, if you want to stay to help the the boys uh, stay around the, the staff and uh, the club, or if you want to play, I say, oh yeah, I want to keep playing. Never, never say never. Then for me, I don't want to say that I'm stopped now because you know I can still feel my body. I just listen to my body. I just say no, finish is finished. But we see how this season go. Not a good start with the red card. <laughs> 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 None of us will be surprised if we see the headline Joe Takori signs a new two-year contract in the next uh, in the next couple of weeks. Then. Well, I hope so. <laughs> I was going to say, Joe, you're you're a year or two older than Johnny and Benji. So, either of you two fancy a comeback or what? Come on, mate. Uh, no, Johnny. Have you, seen, have you seen the flipping size of him? That's why his body's <laughs> not telling me anything. He's bigger than anybody. He's man mountain. Of course, he can. Well, I never do in gym, uh, Ben. I know, I know. You just look at weights. <laughs> you just look at weights, and you get bigger. He's just he's, the guy. is just a freak. No, no, no comeback for me, Johnny. No, mate. <laughs> and then the pair of us having to try and gym and do weights to try and keep up with people like Joe. Now it's been two years. Like my dad bod is in full flow. There's, I can't let this go now. There's no way this could get back into rugby environment. <laughs> Absolutely not. So no, one hundred percent retired, happy. And yeah, I wish, I wish I could have gone as long as Big Joe, but. It's not to be. But I was going to ask you about one of the other boys that's transitioned into into coaching with Toulouse. How's Coach Kano getting on in his first year? Is he is he settled in well? Is he enjoying it? Yeah, um, he's still. Um, I can tell uh, he's still want to be around with us, like you know. He, he, but he, he's doing his uh, our expo. He's doing well at the moment, but we we missed him. <laughs> you know, he's helping a lot. Uh, last. Uh, Three years he's been in Toulouse, 
in training, like he always um, encouraged the boys, helping the boys, like all those little things, like the rocker. He's doing our ESPA at the moment, but he's always come chat with us when he's finished his training with the ESPA. But he's in our top side too, to doing our rock and part of the defence. But we miss him. <laughs> he's a good man. Jerome finished at the end of last season. Another man who left after playing a massive role last season was Cheslin Colby. And obviously mm. a lot of headlines around that move to, to Toulon. When did you guys as players find out about it and how did it all kind of transpire? Yeah, it was pretty um, like sad like you know, for uh, hearing like we didn't say goodbye to, you know, to Cheslin. He's just a good man and his family. Uh, when we had a training and then, then we got a message, everybody's on the, on the team room, but we proceeded need to speak something and proceeded to see the announcer, Jesse is going to leave us. We didn't know anything. We see something on the, but we're not sure yet. But when the president announced uh, Jesse is leaving and then all the boys are like, you know, we said, uh, we don't say goodbye to him, but nothing. And uh, we respect him. He's just, uh, you know, this is his life, you know, but we miss him and uh, we, we keep working and continue. C'est la vie, comme tu dis en français, c'est la vie. C'est la vie, c'est la vie, Joe. C'est la vie, ouais. On partage la vie, la vie est partage, hein? <laughs> ouais, c'est comme ça. C'est comme ça. And have you spoken to Cheslin since or are you just looking forward to catching up when you... Head down to Toulon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still on uh, one of our group. Uh, with, well, I'll just call like our Uso group. He's still in uh, our group. And then uh, it was uh, when he left on the group, like all our groups, uh, he said, Merci of later. We miss you guys. Uh, I was going to leave the, our group. Uh, but uh, yeah, we still uh, chat with him on uh, Instagram, you know. But in, in the group, uh, the also group, he's still uh, chat with us and we find man right now. This <laughs> one, we've got one more survivor left now. <laughs> Sad to see Chesson leave, but back to, back to happier times and back to the end of last season. I wanted to ask you, you've won the top 14 before with with Cast as well as Toulouse, obviously mm. doing the double last season. How did it compare? Was that, did that top anything you've achieved? Oh, it was uh, phenomenal. Like, uh, you know, I never win the Hanneken Cup. Well, in Cast, I win the 2013 in Cast in the top 14 in Toulouse two times. And for me in my rugby life, uh, hopefully it's not finished soon, but it's a it's a place and uh, you know it's phenomenal. Yeah. How many uh, you win, uh, Ben? Very sensitive subject. Consider, considering you, you, you for my last game, you beat me in the final, Joe. I would appreciate this. Ah. You would pipe down a little bit. I'm sorry you know, about that. Because you didn't. No, you yeah. didn't say sorry. You weren't yeah. sorry. You didn't say any of that. You did your big usual self of giving me a big bear hug, squeezing me and breaking me three bones in my back. But other than uh, that, you didn't no, say sorry. sorry. Uh, I thought you were winning uh, Stade Francais. I won it with Stade Francais and with Clermont, 2007, 2017. Okay. I won it twice. Yeah. I was lucky. Here we go. Here we go. But yeah. my winning, no, doing the double is something absolutely incredible. Uh, you, yeah. you have to have the resilience to keep on going back at it uh, after winning the back-to-back -back sort of uh, top 14s in, in, in a very complicated environment. Can, technically losing a semi-final uh, of Heineken Cup what, seven months before. 
So it's almost in the same season, you know? So it's yeah. really hard to get back up with a couple of injuries, with guys rotating, we're under the pouring amount of rain, which normally would have been in favor of La Rochelle and not so much in favor of Toulouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and in the end, you guys pulled it. So it seemed that any day, any moment, you guys could beat any team in a repetitive basis. So I, I must say I was really hands down, very impressed with everything you've done. It's such an extraordinary, uh, just incredible achievement. Thank you, Billy. And Benji, you mentioned being on the opposite side to, to Joe, which was probably not a pleasant experience. No, but fun. obviously much happier times in the bar bars and nights in his dairy. <laughs> and he can share with us. Yes, it's different. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's very different. No, to be honest, I, w- I, I played in Castro with Joe for, for a year. And in a moment where my confidence was properly down and I just wanted to play rugby for a year and have fun. And big Joe and his wife, obviously, but also Chris Masoi and all those guys and Roman Caban. There were some really, really good fellas in that, in that cast team uh, that year. And I really enjoyed it. And me and Joe Max. got close because Max, the, yeah, <laughs> because the good. Because because he would open his house all the time. But no, the funniest moment, Joe, I don't know if you remember, there was there was this tiny little center, you talk about centers, called Thomas Sanchou, who was probably the small the smallest center from Albi they could find. But he was a proper, he was a proper joker. He would throw, yeah. you know, bands at everyone, anytime, <laughs> any moment. And I always remember being outside a bar and Thomas Sanchou was mouthing off a guy because he had a, a funny, a funny shirt. And he was just giving him, you know, c'est pas ta chemise, c'est la caro. It's a French joke that's bloody stupid, but because caro means Caroline, and when you have, you know, sort of yeah. squared, squared shirt, checks. you say, it's not yours, so it's checks. a caro one. It's a, you know, checks. It's not yours, it's checks. And, um, <laughs> and it, 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 things got, it's got a little bit heated, whatever. And Big Joe, out of nowhere, comes out of the nightclub. He ends up being just behind Thomas Sanchou. And, and the guy turns around and goes, hey, you, I'm going to fuck you up, whatever. And then Joe just turns and goes, qui, moi? And then you see the guy, no, 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 I swear to I was crying my eyes out. But Joe just thought, you should have seen that face, just go, qui, moi? And then he but Joe almost laughing that a guy could potentially even point at him, say, I'm going to knock you out, whatever, what have you done? And that's that's that was a year of Joe, that's how he was. There was never a problem because he would just pick people up, calm down, come on, we're all here to party, we're all here to have a good time. Only fun and games. Lots of memories, eh? Lots of memories. Only fun and games. And you're uh, you're not allowed to answer Benji to this question, Joe, but yep. everyone everyone tells us about your status on a night out. Benji's alluded to it there with various examples of, of being out with you in clubs and in your garage, wherever. We know you go long and you go hard on a night out. So who do you want with you? If you can pick one teammate, one player you've played with or against in your career on a night out to share with you, who's who's a good drinker? Oh, all I've got to say, Massey. Oh, Massey's the uh, worst drinker ever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't know, that's too much the Buffalo goose egg there, but uh, <laughs> I don't know, it's a, it's a one-man stand. Well, pretty much it's, it's Ben, uh, Ben, eh, Ben? Because <laughs> you're not drinking, you're, 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 you're cheating sometimes. <laughs> but you had, you're Buffalo, but you're Buffalo, you're water. I had to, <laughs> all, my, all my tricks and all my ruses, when you're trying to fight against a, a one-man piano, then, you know, I had, to, I, had to, I had to play a bit of smarts in there, of course. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's it. Oh, we talk now. Now we talk. <laughs> <laughs> and who was it that told us? Was it was it Zach Holmes? I can't remember. Who was it told us last year that Joe's kryptonite 
was a GNT. Oh. You know, you don't like a gin and tonic. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, say that. Oh, second. We had um, yeah, sec. Yeah, every oh, so heaps a lot of nights we've been doing, and just one night, um, it was our Christmas party with um with our families and uh you know, and me and sec we just we always had those uh, suits like the uh, Christmas jumper, like Christmas suit, and then we started. Coronas, beer would say like for starter, you know, and then we on the table. For starter. We, <laughs> we, <laughs> we on the table, like drink wine and, you know, dinner with the families and uh, like your wife and your partners. And then in the end, like uh, at the end, uh, we don't have a dessert or so we just go straight to the gin, gin tonic. Three or four bottles. And then uh, pretty much a second, they say I was drink from the bottle on the gin. I was like, oh, I don't remember. And some of the young boys, uh, they would put me in the car and my wife was saying, oh, did you remember what you've done? I said, oh, I'm so sorry. Merry Christmas. And then the sack was, uh, he, I think he killed me that night, the sack. I don't know if I was, you know, I was drinking that bottle by myself, or he helped me, or just drink water watching me. Mate, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure you drank, you drank yourself for that one. But hey, come on, Tim, let, let's not try to paint Joe as the guy who drinks Monday to Sunday. Eh? He's actually, he's just a very, very good social, you know, life of the party type of dude. But it's more for others than for him. And you're still rocking it on the field, mate. So as long as the body doesn't say stop, you just keep on moving that big tree trunk of a body that you've got. Keep on supporting. Imagine scrummaging myself against Charlie Farmuina, who's got then Joe just behind him. It's no fun, eh? It's no fun. It's two two animals, and they speak in Samoan together. Come on, Muso, come on, let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alofa, aku, yeah, yeah, alofa, alofa, let's go. Oh my word! There's a certain yeah, amount of weight yeah, on, on the final, on the final of the Hannigan, or the uh, when uh, Richie was um, injured, it was uh, you go looking at the bench. It's me and Tipo. I was like, um, uh, Sean Buyu was saying, oh, Joe, go, uh, go warm up. And then I go warm up. And then they were speaking with Sean uh, 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 Buyu. Should I put um, Tipo or Joe? Because uh, when it's like 10 minutes before the final of the yeah. Hannigan Cup, the, the, and then Richie put his hamstring. I was not sure I'm going to go on. Because Tipo was, uh, Tipo Flum was, uh, it's one more too, and then I go on. I said, honestly, <laughs> me and Charlie were just fucked again. Oh, just, oh, at the first, my first uh, ten minutes, like the, the game was too fast, and I said to Charlie, well, just like you know, like, like you say, I just it was big Samoan. I say, oh, come on, bro, come on, let's come on, all mm-hmm. the scrum and all those stuff. Because uh, in the other side of the the, the, the other lower outside is like wingy. And Skelton. Will Skelton. <laughs> but they're good boys too, eh? Wingy, which has been talking some more with them on the field. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you do the scrum, they like can hear uh, uh, Wingy say, oh, also, come down, slow down, slow down. Let us win this scrum. I say, oh, bro, that's the final. So. <laughs> There's always this thing, it really cracks me up. You always see sort of, 
someone's between each other or just even Pacific Islanders together. I remember playing a game against against Toulouse, Joe, and remember Lonnie Lonnie Wheeler. Lonnie he slapped somebody around the around the head. Yeah. But instead of getting angry, you actually you actually cuddled him because you thought it was hilarious. So the two of you yeah. just ended up looking at each other. Any other any other team would have gone bust. There a couple of weeks ago there was Clermont against La Rochelle. There's a little fight and Wingy catches Fritz Lee and the two of them are just hugging each other, just looking at them. You know, when you're that big, when you're that powerful, you don't go for the little scraps. You either you go full tilt or you don't go at all. And the rest is just, you know, peace and love and stay happy. And it cracks me up. Oh uh, no, with Massey and uh, Jerry Golden of where one one game in class we play with Massey and uh, Jerry was in Toulon. Toulon. I know we also over here. On the field, we're not also, they were like hitting each other, like you know, really. And then after the game, I was like, Shh, give me a kiss, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they always, uh, they always do that. And uh, Massey's favorite words, you know, you know, also, just kill or be killed. I don't know what your secret is to your longevity, Joe, but 38 in December, still going strong. We're fully expecting that two-year contract to be signed. And congratulations on that season. (laughs) Thank you very much. The age is the number, you know. Yes, mate. Absolutely. Stay clear of those gin and tonics, Joe, and um, you'll get another contract. (laughs) Oh, it's a change now. It's a real wine now. Maybe. That's the one stuff. bottle, one bottle at night. There you go. That's the secret. Full of antioxidants. Yeah. It's very good. The doctor says. <laughs> the doctor says the real wine is the best for recovery. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Cheers, Joe. Thanks for coming on. Cheers, yeah, you legend, Johnny. Love to Helen and the kids, mate. Cheers. Thank you, Johnny. You too, and the family. Tell me. I think you realize how big a dude is. When every time he hits his hand on his on his office, <laughs> you see the whole house is shivering. I'm like, my house is going to take off. Man, there's, boom, there's, there's an earthquake boom. every time he just speaks. Man, he's an absolute man mountain. To be honest, let's make sure people don't come out of this, Tim, by thinking that he drinks gin tonic 24-7. No. Mate, <laughs> it wasn't gin- even gin and tonic. It turned out to be a bottle of gin. Like, there wasn't even tonic. It was gin and tonic. Hold the tonic. So I ended up drinking, what, two bottles of gin? Legend, though. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And we mentioned it with Joe. 38 in December he is. I mean, incredible, isn't it? They're still going strong. Older than you two. Yeah, well, when, when I played with him, he was, he was an aspiring number eight. Right. He was as big as he is now, but I had big wanted to play number eight. But then it took him a while to sort of accept that he wasn't. He definitely has the power. He's got the handling ability. He's got the tackling, the defense, whatever you want. But you just needed eight that, that, that moved more. And then he was smart enough to then commit to this to the second row to start loving scrummaging. And he's being loved by all the props. It's not one thing. It's one thing to be big. It's a different thing to be good in the scrum. Trust me. Um, and he's renownedly extraordinarily good in the scrum. So it's not just that he's good. He is, he is by a mile the best that people have seen because of his attitude, because he loves the boys, because he wants to contribute, because he's always the heart and soul of a team. Um, and I, what I love about him is that, listen, he's won two Brunus and, and a, a Champions Cup in the last two years. Um, he is definitely uh, renowned for being such a good club man, top man, papa du club, whatever you want to call it. Everybody's praising him. And then you speak about him and four seconds later, he's speaking about somebody else. He just dodges the bullet nonstop. But yeah, yeah, it's a number. Ooh la la, the final was really tough. Yeah, they won it. Ooh la la, it was so fast. You know, yeah, well, he smashed everyone. Ooh la la, I, I, I got, um, I couldn't last for long. Yes, because he doesn't sleep for four days. And then he went, oh, I had to go to sleep because I was so bad. You know, it's just, he, oh, he's mega, mega humble, plays down everything just because he's got a massive heart. And that's the way that he contributes to a team. It's just to be the cement and everybody. You need somebody at the back of a bus. You need somebody to lead the charge on the field, off the field. And he's definitely... For me, the the core of the success of this um, of this Toulouse side. And interesting to hear Joe talk about Cheslin Colby's departure. How sad it was. They didn't really find out about it until very late. Obviously, he mentioned the words that Cheslin put out there publicly, and I'm sure privately as well. The emotion, but was it all about money that move, or what was behind it? Well, I think the motivation in two clubs. Firstly, you think I think Toulouse have thought, well, if actually we can make a buck on this, I mean, they've got some outstanding. As much as Cheslin is a phenomenon, one of the best players in the world, Toulouse actually themselves has some fantastic young back three talent. So they've backed themselves, they've taken the check for the transaction, and they can look to move forward and, and resource other areas. Um, and look, absolutely, Toulon are desperate because things aren't going right. So they're looking to buy in success because they have not started well. Um, and 100% is purely financial. And we've got no idea for the financials for Cheslin, but the background of the deal, it's suited to, to lose. Toulon wanted it to happen and it's happened. And a lot was actually written in the French media about Cheslin, but I don't think he's the guy to be judged in all this. I think that the two clubs, it's a transaction. It's, it's a football transfer between two clubs that have activated the transfer market. They've wanted something to happen and it's gone through. So I've got absolutely zero information in this, but I was... Um... I was looking at the fact that he's he's represented by by um, Rock, Nation. Age, Rock Nation by Rock Nation, right? Who who then take takes uh, Maruitoje, Sia Kulisi, and Cheslin Colby, three absolute world superstars at the moment, who represent a huge amount of um, uh, more than just rugby players. And you know, he's become 
a, 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 sim, a symbol of this of this of this uh, sport. He's become also a symbol of of performance and able to get out from any bad situation, like born in South Africa, like Sia Kolisi can represent. He's a symbol of hope. He's a symbol of of you know Mary Tucker Chakitik. I don't know how you say it, but success. And I have a feeling that maybe the, the, he, he got represented by people who then wanted more and wanted that status and deservedly be. And Toulouse probably were not the club who had the, the financial stability or or ambition or resources to give him that. Um, and then all those conversations start happening. And then there's like, listen, it's not that I don't like Toulouse. It's that potentially I'm a little bit, um, my, 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 how do you say that? My situation isn't exactly how it should be. Well, let's put, get ourselves around the table. There's a huge check for Toulouse. After two years of pandemic, Toulouse are not a millionaire backed uh, club. They're one of the clubs that were, their main sponsors were Airbus. Airbus, I told you from the start, they did it particularly poorly during the pandemic. Uh, so they were really, really struggling. And the only reason why Toulouse are not completely bankrupt is because they've won so many titles. Otherwise, they would be completely gone. Off, off the, off. They were one of the first clubs to 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 win some serious financial jeopardy. So you can't blame the the player for trying, you know, to get, I don't know, something sort of equivalent to his mega superstar, even more than rugby status that he has gained. And there's probably one or two for each generation. There's Sebastian Chabal, Fred Micharak in my generation, and then that's it. Because you don't really get out of the the, the 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 ecosystem of rugby that easy, and on top of that, you can't really blame Toulouse for being. Listen, we love the bloke; he's obviously outstandingly extraordinary for them. But at the same time, having a big check coming this way at this moment, oh, it's pretty attractive. And Colby wasn't the only big name to move clubs in the summer in the top fourteen. Any of the others that stand out and how they're getting on? So, so Biarritz obviously went up late; had to do a little bit of last-minute reshuffling and recruitment. They brought in Elliot Dixon. Kurandrani from Australia, who they really started with a bang, performed really well um, at home. Things are starting to, to slow down a little bit for them. Lua Mappe as well, big signing for Stade Francais after they lost Gail Fiku and Jonathan Dante in the interseason, but they've not really functioned well as a team. So it's hard for him as a 12-13 to be the phenomenon that we have all seen in Super Rugby and for the All Blacks. Um, but look, there's, there's more and more transfer rumours circling around the top 14. It's getting crazier and crazier and earlier and earlier, it seems. Um and it's just been mayhem. Coaches and players so far, the merry-go-round that seems to have already started. I'm not sure who you've seen, Benji, but um, it just seems to get earlier every single year. Uh, I just I just saw the, the Bordeaux president getting really pissed off because basically his crown jewel, Mathieu Jalibert, apparently is in the radar. Well, not apparently. He's definitely on the radar. Every single club probably in Europe who's got the financial uh, capacity to attract such a player. But then there's the reality also that I think he's under contract until 2023. Yeah. So they were they were starting to say Finn Russell might move and he might go to racing and X, Y, and Z. And then uh, Laurent Marty, the, the president of Bordeaux, got seriously pissed off by saying, listen, if, if we start, like you said, if it gets, if it gets that early, then it, you never know what it can do, especially to some young players, however level-headed they are. Um, it's, it's just not healthy. But then I heard that he came out on the press the other day that he he's basically the... Um, he basically said that there was no chance that he was going to move until 2023 and that he was going to go to the end of the contract. He's definitely one of the guys that is going to be, if you want a guy, if you want such a big hitter, it's not six months before. It's two years before you try. They're going to you know, try their luck in, in, in June. You never know because of the economy of Bordeaux, they might accept a check again. Or you, know, you start building that relationship and making sure that you know that you're absolutely there. But then, like Johnny said, if it gets that early and that crazy, I don't think it's particularly healthy, to be fair. And it's also the message it sends out for the club. So 
right, Christoph Urios, who's there, who's also at the end of his contract, he will essentially be dictated to by the decision that Laurent Marty, the president, takes. If Laurent Marty says this club is a club that's willing to sell Matthew Jalibur, age 22, potentially the brightest 10 prospect in the country at the minute, um, rivaling Intermac for that number 10 spot for the French jersey, well, Urios is going to hold his hands up and say, well, I'm off. Like, I'm at the end of my contract. What do I want to be here if, there's, if the players aren't going to stay? Um, and again, all the coaches are under pressure already. Gonzalo Caseda at Stade Francais, big win for them again at the weekend. Patrice Colazzo at Toulon, they were booed and whistled after they won at home to breathe at the weekend, like not a happy camp. So look, there's all this churn that's going to start. Um, and again, to be two years out of contract, it just shows how important these guys are now, Benji, these young French kids that are incredible talents. Because I think three, four seasons ago, you would have brought in like a Dan Carter or an Andre Pollard or a foreigner would have stepped in. But now the importance of these young French kids being quality and being gif has a currency that just can't be replaced in the top 14. That's why they're so important. And look, there's been some guys that have already announced that leaving Cami Lopez, looking to get back down to the Southwest, resigning for Biarritz potentially. You've got Antoine Astoy has already announced that he's leaving Port at the end of the season, like five games in, six games in, and they're already leaving. Your mate Para potentially moving. Stade Francais, rumours about him potentially to Stade Francais. Vazea has already left Stade Francais. He's going to Toulon next year, the Fijian powerhouse. So look, it's just, it's never ending. Uh, Anthony Bello potentially moving from Toulon to Montpellier already announced as well, not keeping Andre Pollard. So look, the organisation, I think, like you said, Benji, it's gone from being six months out, almost like a Bosman ruling in, in football, where you start to look at contracts and negotiations and plan for next season to now, the importance on getting your squad right, getting the right people into your team is two years in advance. And it's absolute mayhem because now... You can't keep anything quiet. Agents are all in the mix. Everything gets leaked to the press to try and negotiate the better deal for each player. And it's just a merry-go-round. The carousel's already started after four, five, six games. Players have already announced they're leaving, which isn't easy for the rest of the squad when your best players leave. But that now is the reality of professional rugby. These guys hold a premium, hold a currency, and they're in demand. Johnny mentioned one there, Benji. You know him very well. Morgan Parra, can you see him leaving Clermont? Yeah, but he's, he's at his end of contract. So um, Camille Lopez was a bit more surprising, to be honest. Um, after the yeah. whole, after the, if it, even though it's not completely certain, he asked to leave basically. But after the whole Franck Azema going to Montpellier, the club saying yes, the club saying no, in the end they're completely, um, they've gone nowhere. Technically, Franck Azema is still is still employed. Uh, they're gonna have to either go to court or you know find a settlement. But nobody wants to back down. Camille Lopez, you can sort of. You, you can hear what he's got to say. He's got a young family. He's got he's got three children. Uh, his boys were the same same age as my girls, and they're proud and born and raised, you know, in in, in Biarritz. And after after leaving sort of Molion, where he's from, down in the Pays Basque, they went to Bordeaux. After Bordeaux, then he came to uh, to Clermont. That was already a fair few years ago. So there's the idea of raising your children somewhere that you 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 belong, which is very cute <laughs> and and very. Um, heartfelt and obviously very, very valuable. And you can only respect that. But then asking in the middle, I think they, they, they would seriously put Clermont in, in a bit of uh, in a bit of uh, problem. I, I do think that with the problem Morgan Parra is that he, he had a huge, huge contract for Clermont, well-deserved. He was the absolute superstar. And then obviously Sebastian Bézi rocking up, Craig Laidlaw. There was a bit of a fracture with Franck Azema at the time. It's been complicated with Morgan. He is a complicated bloke, but it's been complicated for, for a year or two. Uh, and I think that basically Morgan clearly not being the club next year is only one more push for Camille Lopez 
to overthink it because they've been partnering up together and they're obviously super mega close. Um, you can add that with Alexandre Lapendry not playing this season and, um, and, and, and being, being side benched and stuff for medical reasons. So all those three, the three musketeers, you know, not being able to put it, to be together. It's, um, it's one of those crazy things that sometimes you realize that rugby boys are still mates. They still want to play with people they love and that sometimes it matters. And you mentioned the struggles that Toulon are having, Johnny. Freddie Mishlak, is he joining the coaching staff there at the end of the year? So again, I'm not sure how much is legit. Bernard Lemaitre, the, the president of the club, who's been really vocal in his criticism of the players, threatening to dock their salaries and of Patrice Colazzo, publicly stating he's got the next two games in charge of the club to decide what he wants to do with his future. Um, and then sort of announced that Meshalak's going to come in and, and fit into the staff um, once his duties in Australia are, um, are up. But, but again, look, it, it's just so a little bit knee-jerk, but there's, there is that pressure in France. It's un, un, You're not in the United Rugby Championship. You're not in Super Rugby. There is relegation. The threat of that is real. And the pressure to perform with these budgets is real. Um, and that's it. Toulon haven't delivered. They've, they've looked shaky, but... Like you look at the context, they, they couldn't do preseason. They had so many players away on international duty and injuries and sevens competitions, they had to cancel their preseason games. So like they're still catching up and still trying to settle. Um, and they've got quality, un- undoubtedly. So look, Michelak has been announced by the president that he'll be coming in and fitting into the staff. Will he be the solution? I'm not sure, but they just don't look settled. They don't look happy. Um, and it hasn't been a great start to them, as it hasn't been for a few other sides, big sides as well so far this season. I was going to say, Benji, not not under threat for their job, obviously, but Ronan O'Gara, tough start in the top role at La Rochelle, and a man you know well, John O'Gibbs at Claremont, not the best start for him either. Yeah, it's it's been complicated. I don't think you can sum it up to the the, the coaches' changes. Uh, La Rochelle, obviously, big big boots to fill. You know, they were runners up and they did extraordinarily well last year. But uh, trust me, I've been in those shoes. It's it's a complicated one to get back on uh, back up from. When you give everything, you get absolutely zero biscuit at the end. Uh, it's the worst position ever. Obviously, they're going to miss John O'Gibbs for his accuracy and his for- forwards momentum. But if they decide to 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 uh, part ways, it's because Ronan O'Gara wanted to take a full lead. Um, so obviously, it might take a take a while for him to completely develop into that role. I just think that for John O'Gibbs at Clermont, I do feel, and obviously I'm completely biased, but I do feel that they're getting better week in, week out. They had a very, very strong performance in Toulouse, but Toulouse are just that little bit better, uh, too good. They have a few injuries that are causing them issues. Uh, they should have won at the weekend against Stade Francais, but uh, Lavanini, who <laughs> blocked, uh, who countered the kick with his face, basically was pretty much knocked out and then dropped it on the line after getting melted by Kremer. I don't know if you saw RG yes. against RG. My word, of the one weekend. of the biggest, one of the biggest hits I've seen in a long, long time. Because Lavanini to go for him to go backwards ten meters, you, you know, you need to get. You need to get there early. But so, yeah, no, Jono, I just feel f- from the inside that I've got from the boys, a very different environment. Uh, Clermont were very much a start uh, um, start right from the get-go. So a huge preseason, got that really, really fit, but sometimes run out of gas towards the middle. And on top of Jono Gibbs, he came with a head of performance guy, sort of head of SNC, but, but more than that. Apparently, he's he's almost as important as Jono. Like, he'll be timing everything. He's the one dictating the tempo. He's almost the one dictating, not the, the drills, but the, the actual content, the workload, uh, which has become key. And, and apparently, from the get-go, they said, listen, stuff September. There's no point peaking in September. We want you to peak at another time of the season. So get good, get there. And actually, preseason wasn't that crazy. Uh, so the boys are building. The boys uh, know where they're going. 
And, and I think it's, it might take a little bit of time also, but they're on the right track. Does John look after the lineouts? Yeah. So that, that's the one bit for me. Like you can see like, commentating their game for Premier Sports the weekend. He is on the touchline pulling what hair he has left out because against Racing two weeks ago, they lost 10. They would have won at Toulouse four or five rounds ago if the line had functioned. And again, at the weekend, they just don't get that platform. So like, yeah. I'm not sure if it is the fact they're missing Lapandri as a leader. Archer Churi has just come back into the side. But like to me, in terms of a team, they function like they're, their phase play stuff's awesome. They defend really well. They're aggressive. Just if they get their set piece sorted, they'll fly. Um, absolutely. And, and La Rochelle, to go back to your point, Tim, like they they lost the first home game at home to Toulouse. Uh, and that's the difference that when you go for through six rounds, if you lose a game at home, it makes a drastic difference on the table. And that's where this pressure comes on straight from the get-go. If you lose one game at home or two games at home, you're under the cosh. And that's just the way it is. But La Rochelle have played well. They look comfortable. They look settled. Like good, good systems. I'm not worried for them or for Claremont. Claremont need to get the line out sorted, but that's it. That's the crazy thing. The crazy thing of the top 14 is you lose two, three games, you find yourself at the bottom of the top 14. Stade Francais with the biggest budget in the top 14 currently sitting bottom. It's just crazy. And Johnny, you mentioned you were in Paris for that game, that Stade Francais-Claremont game on Premier Sports. Yeah. Did you see Antoine Bourbon removing some sort of giant moth or some sort of animal from the pitch. He's do- doing the rounds on social media. It looked like a bat. It was that big. We were sick. We didn't even know what to say in commentary. We were just like unbelievable. I'd never seen a moth that size or what it was trying to eat in a rugby stadium. I have no idea, but fair play to Bourbon for running over and picking that thing up. I'd been running another mile, a mile in the other direction. It was huge. I did see it. Horrible. It was crazy. I didn't know what it was. Any any examples from either of you two playing with animals on the pitch? Any Anything in your careers? No dogs, no cats, no rabbits? Joe to Corey. That's about <laughs> it, mate. Yeah, that's, that's scary enough, I'm telling you. Right, we're a bit late with this first episode of the second season, so it's kind of cheating a little bit, but let's get your predictions in for who you think is going to finish in the top six at the end of this season and who's getting relegated as well. Oof. Who are you going for? Uh, well, let's, let's just start this way. Who Who's definitely going to be in top six? Uh, I think Toulouse, La Rochelle, Racing, Clermont. And after that, it gets very complicated. Bordeaux, 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 Bordeaux. Bordeaux and Lyon. All right, there you go. I've got them. And then there's always in between. Castres, you just never know how good they do. Montpellier, you just never know yeah. how good they do. Stade Francais, can they bounce back? No. My two wild cards are the same. So I had the exact same top six, Benji. My two wild cards were Montpellier and Cast because I think Montpellier actually look organized for the first time. And everyone hates going to Cast and playing in Cast. And everyone loses in cast, so they will they'll be there or thereabouts. They're specialists of sneaking in and getting that sixth spot. So I'm I'm worried about Claremont. I said the same thing last year, and then they ended up getting in there, but just don't look settled yet. But I reckon, like you said, I reckon they're not peaking yet. They'll peak in a, in a couple of months' time, probably at the right end of the season, and they'll come good. And he's finishing bottom and thirteenth. Uh, wow, that's a tough one. So Paul went to Perpignan last weekend got a red card after five minutes and ended up sticking 30, 40 points on Perpignan. That was a massive win. So so Paul um, in head-to-heads, that was a big one to win um, away to Perpignan. But again, you look at the depth. It was Buritz have lost twice at home already. And you you think, you look at their first string, their first team with Karandrani, with Steph Armitage. Um, you just worry, like if they pick up one or two injuries in key positions, it's going to be a slog. They've already lost two hookers two really, really good hookers as well um, and brought in one medical joker. So you think just on paper with the squads they've got, it's going to be hard for Perpignan and Buritz. 
Yeah, Pepino Beer is definitely gonna gonna struggle a bit. I'm always very worried about um, my mate Thomas Domingo's team, Po. They just you just never know where, really where they're going to go. They've got the quality, they got the setup, they got everything, but this this cutthroat top fourteen just doesn't allow you to win one, lose one for the whole season. No, you need to be consistent. You need to start building momentum because everybody can beat anybody any day. There won't be an agent like last year. Um, who poor things are struggling Man. now in Pro de Deux. I think this this whole club is in shambles. No, no, very complicated, but uh, t- tough one to answer. But I agree with Johnny. He said a couple of teams are going to sh- struggle with them. Then obviously, it's this sort of you can start seeing a little bit of clarity be- be in February, March, or something. And another news the 2023 World Cup in France. France are going to be playing Uruguay, aren't they? Big win for them at the weekend. So we're looking forward to that already. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite exciting, to be honest. In 2019, we were doing the. I, I did the commentary of the non-French sort of games for TF1 with François Trio, and we had a lot of fun. And we commentated Fiji Uruguay, and everybody's like Fiji Uruguay. That's a huge wow. game. That's gonna be. Pro- it was a proper game. It was amazing. And it was the first ever historic win of Uruguay against Fiji. Fiji did not play well. Don't get me wrong, but Uruguay played with a heart that's big like a house. And they put absolutely everything uh, in it. If you like Argentina, you will love Uruguay. They're probably not as skillful, but they were Argentina 25 years ago or something like that without the professionalism. But they play with so much passion, so much Uruguayan passion. You, you can't mistake it with anything else. That it's, it's going to be another event that's, that's extraordinary. So no, I'm, I'm chuffed. I, I love those confrontations. I think they're healthy. They're breath of fresh air. And these boys will go absolutely hard at it. Can't wait for that. And it's great to be back. No? Looking forward to it. Yeah, <laughs> mate. Looking forward to it. Great to be back, boys. <laughs> thanks, Johnny. Thanks, Benji. And a big thanks to all you guys for listening as well. It's good to be back. And um, make sure you hit subscribe. Leave us a nice review too if you can. That always gives us a bit of a boost. Enjoy the top 14 on Premier Sports this season. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Au revoir, guys. Cheers. Cheers, fellas. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.